Yes. And once you, once you have your brain in like user experience mode, I, I had a friend that I went to breakfast with, uh, last week and she, and she told me, she was like, thank you. Now, every time I use a website, every time I use an app, every time I interact with somebody's business, I'm always like, well, the UX could be better on that. <laughs>
in her DMs um, on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. So um, <laughs> let's do our coffee cup selfie. So Definitely. we can get that out of the way. Coffee cup selfie. I actually went and got. <gasps> oh, right? Wait, I can read some Japanese. Hold on. I think that means, oh, I don't know the first one. That might be me. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to tell me what that is. Ah, something. Oh, <laughs> something about. Um, well, I want to cover it up so that it has like flowers or something because I think oh. it's. I think it's like um, a fitness or like metabolic oh. uh, health, <laughs> like health kind oh. of. You know, oh. and we're inclusive of all yeah. shapes and sizes yes. and bodies. So uh. I, I want to redecorate it so that it's like yes. cute and has flowers or something. I <laughs> yes, that. this is a thrift. This is a thrift find. Um, I saw it, and he's got a little arm. I was like, oh my gosh! I think it's fantastic. I, I'm a little added to my collection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's. Um. We're gonna just jump in because. Um, yes. And we'll get 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 things rolling for you. I'm gonna move some faces around here, and yeah. we're gonna put you like that. Yeah. So. so we kind of breezed over it really quickly, but yeah. I want to drop this question one more time. If you're listening right now and you haven't dropped it in the comments yet, tell us if your website design has been optimized for the user experience, okay? Because we want to hear from you. We want to hear whether or not this is something you've even thought about because that's kind of what this whole show is about today. So, yeah. okay. And, and and just because, you know, I, it's funny. We said like, we're not going to say it's on recording, but we are. We've, had, we've already said it. Um, me and Anne are going to be here live in the comments. So if you have a question, we're still going to answer. We're still dropping things in. If Lux is up at like 1 a.m., maybe she'll pop in. You never know. So having, right? having said that, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get that on to the first question. Okay. So the very first question is a very simple one, right? Yeah. What is UX design? Or is it simple? Because really, very <laughs> what is UX Absolutely. design, Lex? <laughs> so... I think the Sparknotes version of, of this concept of UX design, and it's a big umbrella term. There's a lot of things, you know, buckets underneath it, but essentially it's just welcoming your users into your business operation decisions um, and, and the design process, your clients, your customers, people in your community, basically anybody who you serve or benefits um, from the work that you do. And the goal here, or how I like to think of it in my business, is to gain a better understanding of how your clients might be using your website or mm -hmm. um, you know, using your products, whether those are in real life products or web-based products. And you know, or how they move through your website and book services with you. But another way that I like to think about it is that it can be as foundational as testing to see if your brand story or your tone of voice is something that's resonating with the people that you're trying to reach. And so in, in broader terms, again, it just pays particularly careful attention to the client's buying journey, that might be something that a lot of us here would be a, familiar with, that term. Um, and it just encompasses, you know, their entire experience from the initial introduction to who you are, you know, hey, I, I found this business, I, I'm interested in learning more about them, all the way through to the end where hopefully they've booked a service with you, they really enjoyed themselves, they want to come back. They want to bring their mom, their neighbors, their congregation, their cult leaders, like just any, yes. um, just the entire experience. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I have a special mic here and I'm going to talk about just, it's just a, it's because I'm obsessed, right? So can you see if this is Disney, a Disney mug yes. from Starbucks and you want to talk about user experiences, right? Just like what? Mm -hmm. Lex just said, for me, the reason why I love it is like one of their key things is, you know how they have different at Disneyland and Disney World, they have different worlds and you have different characters. So you will never see a pirate in Fantasyland crossing over to their break room because it's part of the experience of the guests to experience each land, how it was meant to be, right? So mm -hmm. they have an underground, they yes. created an alternate for these characters to get through. So their users, which is me, right? And so it's very similar, like you just said, right? It's 
creating a very seamless experience for the guests so there's no disruption of the experience, right? Like, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think one thing that I find like, and how this can be, you know, apply more so to small businesses is that when you have a user experience lens in business and by inviting those people into your design process, you're getting like an even bigger return, you know, whether that's building organic and meaningful relationships with them um, because you're genuinely invested in solving a problem that they have, but solving it in a way that like makes sense to their brain and how they would interact with your website or your product um, or your services. And another really good thing about it is that it helps us to avoid any assumptions or biases about our clients. And, mm. you know, whether those biases are conscious or un uh, unconscious about their needs and their pain points and their, you know, trauma or lived experiences. And, you know, that can be easy to do when we're marketing our business. Um, you know, if you're somebody who's kind of deconstructing everything that we've learned about marketing, that's kind of been the only way that we've learned about building a business is pain point based and assumption based. And so this is more of I, I want to center, you know, my users thoughts and their feelings, um, and what drives them to want to, you know, meet this need that they have, rather mm -hmm. than just assuming that, we know what's best for them and we're inside of their minds. Um, it's allowing them to kind of take the wheel and, you know, meet them where they're at, if that makes sense. This is so interesting to me because just listening to the way that you describe user experience, it's, it's different than I've heard others describe it. Like very frequently when you say user experience, you're talking about a singular journey, like the website journey, or I just downloaded mm -hmm. an app and it's not functioning well. So I'm going to give it two stars yes. because I'm having a terrible experience with it. Right. But what you've just said is that this user and journey literally starts from your first touch point through your entire marketing funnel to their pay, them, them deciding to buy your item and then continues after that to circle them back around to become loyal community customers that want to use you over and over again. Yeah. And I love yes, that. Exactly. I love that. Like that's, it's such a bigger, it's, it's a, it creates a much bigger arena, I guess you would say for user mm -hmm. experience than I have previously, yeah. like, I guess identified with in terms mm -hmm. of like using that term. Um, for sure. But how, yeah, but I, but I just love how you kind of broke it down, like where you're saying this is you, it's really about getting to know your client inside mm -hmm. your client's brain. And that's hard, right? Because that's psychological. Yeah. 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 All and, the way. You know, I think, exactly. And I think from, you know, a businesses, you know, when you are first starting out, one of the first things that they tell you, especially about marketing, is that you need to know who your ideal client is before you even get to step one. And I think a lot of people kind of like freeze. And, and you know, if you're not exactly sure what that looks like for you, user experience can kind of be an opportunity for you to step back and ask them and figure out what it is that, you know, where, what needs they want or they need to be met. And it just encompasses more of who they are as humans rather than who they are as just consumers, which I yeah. think is, you know, moving forward in light of um, becoming more virtual and this you know, technology based is something that um, is really going to help small business owners set themselves apart from others is a genuine investment in building relationships with your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. I I'm I love that and I think like you know it, it's it's work, right? It's not easy because yes. you have to put in the time, <laughs> right? And that's why yeah, sure. that's why there are actually people like Lex who are and this is not where you go and you take a quiz and then you spend 1 hour and it says, "Okay, now you're a UX." There are some certifications in process so that you can understand yeah. how to be one. But this is where if you don't want to spend the time, you hire somebody like Lex to come into yeah. your business and do, 
I mean, there's many different components, which I'm, I'm learning because I'm taking this course, but I'm nowhere near where Lux is. But it's like, there's research, there's Aww. surveying, there's this stuff, you know. And um, mm -hmm. I think, like I said, yeah. I, I'm fascinated by it because I do like to know from A to Z. And the Z could be when you're, say, that like small business package makes it to the unboxing of when they actually get the product and what the tissue paper looks like or, right? Exactly. And maybe exactly. a little, or where it's right? Sourced. Yes. <clears throat> like, I mean, going all the way there and like you, you know, you, you're, you being there says, hey, and how do we circle them back to you, right? That card maybe has like an Instagram because they love to show their box. I mean, but it's all the things, right? So I love, I love, yes. I love this, but yes, like it is, it's work, but if you're willing to put in the work, I think you're going to see the return, right, Lex? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's definitely just knowing your like being firm in your core values, what's important to you and figuring out how to ask people the right kind of questions so that you mm -hmm. can gauge, um, you know, what kind of experience you want to develop yeah. for them when they're interacting with your brand or your business. And Have I you, think that's, yeah. that's the abstract part of it all. <laughs> right. yeah. Can I ask this question? Have you ever encountered someone that just yeah. doesn't feel their research is right? Like they're like, no, it should be like this. I know my people. And you're like, no, I'm telling you, like, have you encountered a client yet like that? Well, you know, um, let's say, have you heard, have honestly, you heard in wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Have you heard of anybody <laughs> that had an experience like that? Let's, uh, let's go there. On it. Clients, I I have been super fortunate, and in my my time working with clients one on one, I have been able to build my own kind of relationship with them and understanding their working style and communication skill, so that I know how to communicate the value of the research. And the beautiful thing about research is that even if it's something that maybe the client is like, ooh, I don't know about this. Uh, research is more of an objective way of looking at things. And so yeah. I am able to kind of like hone in on that so that it's not like, hey, it's not anything that you're doing. It's just, you know, a, a bit of the bigger picture that maybe we're missing here. And so that's when it comes down, like what's really important is defining goals and communicating what does success look like for you in this project with your client and then you know you you sit with them and you develop specific research questions and 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 you guide them to make sure that everybody is on the same page yeah so i've not in in my in my client experience i haven't um in when i've worked in like with organizations i've experienced pushback but there are a lot more like stakeholders and people who aren't doing like the boots on the ground work that like to make assumptions. Um, but yeah, just being able to foster my own relationships individually with my clients is what has kept that like to a minimum. People have trusted me, which is, I'm so grateful for. I'm like, what, me, how? <laughs> I don't know what I did, but it's, yeah, it, it's great. So I have to tell you from Selena's question, I had a, a client that I was working with um, going through kind of like a strategic plan for their marketing. It was a smaller mm -hmm. business and they hadn't really ever done that before. They'd never really gone and created a strategic marketing plan for what they wanted. And I remember talking to him about, I wanted to create kind of these ideal client avatars, right? Where it, that really is about taking them through that user journey a little bit. Like, really identifying kind of who is your client? What are, what is it that they're concerned about? You know, asking those kinds of questions. This client hated this exercise. Like they fought oh, no. me at every turn. They're like, this is stupid. Oh, no. Why do I have to give them a name? Why do I have to picture them in my head? And I'm like, <clears throat> I you said, have to humanize them. Yeah. I said, this is, I said, you fighting me on this? I said, listen, it's all up to you, right? You get to choose the way you want to create your marketing strategy. But if you don't have someone pictured in your mind when you are making decisions about the words you write and the things you do and the choices True. you make, you're going to choose based on you and you may not be your ideal client. 
you're going to choose the things yep. you prefer. And so he, yes, he did sit with me for a very long time and we did specifics. I said, does this person laugh when you say this kind of joke? Well, yeah. I don't know. Right. I'm like, Imagine them. Do they do they laugh? Do they find that funny? Because if not, you don't want to put that kind of humor in your copy. Right. right. So and it takes and also it takes a lot of introspection um, and being able to to humanize somebody that's in your brain, because they say if you're writing to everybody, you're writing to nobody. Um, yes. And so when you're like the process, like that's that's a great process. So keep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> No, it's, but it's just kind of was like, this is, I'm identifying with what you're talking about right now. Cause I just remember this client and how hard I had to push for them to even like develop a, a persona of someone they wanted yeah. to sell for and how much they fought me on that. And just listening to what you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's even more important than <laughs> realize to be able to do that. Cause it really is, it isn't just about selling to them. It's literally mm -hmm. start to finish every part of your business operation that you yep. have to use that persona to build around, yes. you know? And so yep, that makes absolutely. it even a bigger deal, right? No, I'm telling you. So Lex, when I started the first part of the UX uh, course with Google, I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Anna needs to do the UX copy part, because she does a lot of that, the research that you're supposed to do, the interviewing with yes. the potential clients, uh, like audience. Yes. Like I was like, Hannah, take a course. So you can add the UX by your name because you're doing it. You know what I mean? Yes. Now you can get the tools, yep. but like you said, yeah. Kudos, kudos to you, Anna, <laughs> not realizing that maybe you could be one. You know what I mean? And now I, I'm like, heck, you'd kick, you would kick, kick one. I might as well get that certification right <laughs> I'd hire you. You can yeah. do mine. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's easier to do it for someone else than it is to it do is. it for yourself. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that outside perspective and really, and, and for small business owners that are struggling with this, this is where your community and like your like-minded community is going to really be able to support you. Asking oh, questions yes. like, would you? If you do you like this product? Do you like this packaging? Do you like the way this looks? Right. And just listening to what the people, the people like I'm going to use the big general, the, the people are mm -hmm. saying. Um, yeah. And but, it yeah. can also be as simple as um, how like how do you use this product? Right. Uh, you know, here's here's my website. Here's what I want you to do on my website. Do it. And, yeah. you know, see how they navigate, watch them navigate through, take note of where they get stuck, take note of when they make comments about, oh, this doesn't make sense, or like, this is how I would do it. And the more that you include people in that design process, the more patterns you're going to see. And then, you know, you can kind of cater to those preferences of those specific yeah. people, because there's always going to be patterns that show up. Um and so, yeah, being being able to do that. And really, that. let's yeah. let's state the obvious here, right? The whole reason we do this is because you've, if you're like me, I'm just going to throw myself under the bus right now. If I go to a website and I get frustrated, they are yep. dead to me. Yep. <laughs> no, seriously. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah. that really like, is. We only we only have several seconds to. Yeah to capture the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah. And so if it is intuitive and it is engaging, then they're going to stick around longer. And yes. you know, if they have this easy flow to get to where they need to be, yeah. then you're you're just you're going to keep people around longer and they're yeah. they're going to be more invested. Yeah. There's someone on my team and I work with her and she's, you know, currently on a project with Anna and I. She just sent me um, a website link. She goes Let's talk about the worst website ever built on the face of the earth. And she sent me the link and I was like, I opened it up and I thought, what in the world? Like it was oh my horrible. <laughs> I mean, just horrible. But, um, but it's, you know, she's cognizant of that, right? Like going like, how, right. and then how can you be upset if you don't get a sale? Right. Right. So, right, right, right. Yeah. But, um, and I think that goes back to Anna's point too, of when, when you are the 
when you are the business owner or when you are the person working on the product, you are so close to that product that it is hard to see your own biases. And it's yes. it's hard to have a more objective point of view on it. So being able to bring in the outside, it, it just, it, it helps you like bring down the blinders and be like, oh, I never would have thought of that as an issue. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. It is. <laughs> yeah. It may be hard to take, but you know what? Like if it's constructive, it just means that they want your business to succeed. Right. It's true. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cry I later, but yeah. take notes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't think UX designers are out there going, watch this. I'm going to make them cry. Your UX designer yeah. for I'm like, guess how many clients I made cry today? Yeah, right. Well, and, I mean, and the thing is, is that there's there's such a pattern in um, in design choices that we make based off of trends and based off of things that like we've been told are this is how you should do it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't it's not a one size fits all. So yeah. there's definitely best practices that everybody can implement. And um, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> I could talk about this question with you for so long. I know, me too. <laughs> because I know I, I, I there's just so much to it, and I think what I love is that we're bringing kind of like, hey, you know, whatever whatever stage in your business that you're in, just consider this as part of your building of the business, right? Yeah, so exactly, yeah, <sighs> and that's so yeah. yeah. Whoa, go ahead. No, I was leaving this. It was, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm in charge here. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I want to throw up the second question so we can kind of get to that. Um, I want mm -hmm. to I want to ask specifically about some of the because technology is such a big piece right now to your business journey. You know, if you don't have a website. People are like, why don't you have a website if, or at least a Facebook page, if not a website, like some way where they can find information because the yellow pages died with the early 2000s, right? Or maybe even the 90s, I'm guessing. What are right? yellow pages? They, right? <laughs> My children don't even know what that means, right? <laughs> The yellow pages are gone. And so there is a technology component that every bit, almost every business has to have at this point. And so that UX design idea with technology really is important. So our second question for you then is what user technology habits do small business owners really have to be aware of and be thinking of as they're going through this process of designing this experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And <clears throat> I think, first of all, one of the greatest things that you can and absolutely should do for your website, and this is just across the board, is ensure that it is ADA compliant. Um, <clears throat> and that, in, you know, your, your websites, your apps, any web-based products being optimized for screen readers. If you have videos, making sure that you use closed captioning um appropriate use of alt text i know that there was this trend on social media a while back where people were using the alt text function to enhance like their seo so that people you know could find them better as a way to like rig the system don't do that just <laughs> you um use alt text the way that they're supposed to be used because we want to be inclusive of of people of varying abilities and also just being very cognizant of the types of fonts that you use, the size of the fonts and color schemes, um, especially, you know, for people with aging eyes or people who are colorblind. Those things are really important in their ability to <clears throat> navigate your website and book services with you. Look, that's across <clears throat> the board right yeah. there. I mean, yeah, <laughs> paying attention just to that. <clears throat> should be something yes. you're aware of. Okay, sorry, continue exactly. on. This was like Um Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really important one that a lot of people I think there was a study maybe a few years ago. Um I can find it and share. But it was like one maybe a little over 1% of websites were not compliant with were not ADA compliant. 
Mm -hmm. um, and you know, about one in four people in the United States lives with a disability of some kind. And, you know, that's a lot of people, that's a lot of buying power. And if we are excluding them from benefiting from our work and our services, then honestly, you're just doing yourself a disservice at that point, let alone the millions of people who don't have access to you and your work. Well, and um, I'm just gonna, can I just throw this out there too? Yeah. Just just on the, the legal side of things, if your website is not ADA compliant, you can be fined. It doesn't yes. matter how big your business is. If you've got a website up there and you're not following certain ADA compliance rules, you can be targeted, fined, sued. I mean, and, yes. and that is a reality. Selena and I have had clients that have had to deal with this. Mm -hmm. um, and so and, and, and not and not because we didn't build them one, but it was a client of a client that they did. They they were sued uh, in, from another state even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they so, were a small business. Yeah. This is not a giant, yeah. huge conglomeration. They were a small business and they were sued by someone with a disability who could not navigate their site properly. Yeah. And so yeah. th there is a reality that comes with that. So it's even bigger than just best practice. Like there is a mm -hmm. legal component tied to that user experience in particular. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And not to and not to like be on our fear tactic game <laughs> right now, but there is a, a really handy website from the WCAG. And maybe we can include this in like the show notes yeah. or something. Or yes. Um, and you can drop your URL and that can give you some really good points and guidelines about your specific website and maybe what is or is not uh, compliant. So okay, I love that. have no fear. There's yes. a quick, so at least, yes. at least you are, you will be on the mend if you yeah. are in fact non-compliant in any yes. of these issues. Cause a lot of people aren't even aware of it, but mm -hmm. um, it is, it is something that is incredibly important. So I'm going to drop that um, into the comment right okay. now while we're yes. talking about it. Okay. So yeah. because Lena and I are coming Perfect. on and we're doing this live, even though we're not live, but I'm going to drop that into the comments. So make sure you go visit that website that Lex has given us. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, sorry, I got another excited. Thing? I got excited. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing is that, People don't read, they skim. They they skim through text uh, as much as we want them to like digest and internalize every single word that we have to say. Uh, it just doesn't happen. We have attention spans that are like this big. So when you can break up text in paragraphs, uh, utilize italics, bold, um, anything that emphasizes the point, the important points that you wanna get across, Definitely take advantage of that. Um, another thing that I see a lot is, is the use of inaccessible language. So across across the board, best practice is to write your copy um, or you know any content writing at no higher than a seventh grade level, because you know eliminating the use of jargon or industry terms, something that you know you want to write a very one hundred and one um, in introduction to what you're doing. And then, you know, it just like accessible language empowers. It just makes people feel like they just understand better. Um, another thing is I, and, and, and some of these things apply to, uh, you know, you're going to design differently for users who are in their like fifties, sixties, versus, you know, like Gen Z 20s kind of users. Um, but one thing across the board, and I actually learned about this in my networking group that I went to yesterday and hadn't thought about it, um, is that uh, including permission-based conversations in your website. Uh, and so that means, you know, when you go to a website and it says, uh, hey, this is how we use your data. Like we use cookies. Do you reject? Do you accept? Anything like that uh, to be in compliance with? I know that Europe has uh, passed laws about that and the U.S. is probably just a few years behind, but that's going to be essential for people to include on their website. 
it's anything permission-based so that users know how you're collecting their data and, and where it's going after that. Um, yeah. And then one thing that I've learned in my research is, um, and, and also this was brought up in the networking class yesterday, actually, but uh, Hover, when you have on a website, you have like your tabs where it's like home, about, services, and drop down. Um, that's that's a thing of the past because if your clickable link uh, has drop downs underneath it, they're going to assume that that headliner is not clickable and they're going to miss whatever information is on that page. So just worry about, <laughs> just, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Can, yes, can I? I want to I want to jump in on that one because yes, right? Like, so say you yes. have about, and then under about is like uh, design strategy website. But say you actually yes. had something on the about, it it doesn't assume exactly right. So I'm moving forward. I actually will add another drop down that says about. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's about, mm -hmm. but just so yep. that they do click it and they don't miss it. I am yes. so glad you That's brought that up because. Way. Yes. Right now, like you said, that's the workaround, but people miss, mm -hmm. people miss those main pages. Yes. They don't realize there's content on it. Every, mm -hmm. almost, almost every single, um, like usability testing that I've done with, you know, the previous design has been, they have always missed pages. Like they, it's, I would say, oh gosh, probably like eight, nine out of 10 people they just, it's just not something that we're like, oh, here's the drop down. This is, this is where the content begins. Not, not this button up here. It's just, it's just a placeholder for all of this content. Always missed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I that's a really, that's a really great way to alleviate that pain point for users is to have the drop down, but still include, oh, it's about, well, here's the main about underneath the headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why it is so important, though, to hire somebody with a UX background to help you find these pain points and to put it. I mean, in the sense, right, Lex, like you just said something, but somebody had had to figure out like, oh, my gosh. Right. Because they researched how people were navigating around the site. Yeah, yes. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw out a copy side of this exact same thing, too. When you're labeling those drop down menus don't use some witty your term yes. only kind of thing on there because nobody knows what it is nobody they don't yes. get it and they're like you know they're like i'm frustrated i don't know if, is this what i need i don't know i'm out of here dead to me exactly right? <laughs> so anna that's the shirt for that's you that really we are making yeah <laughs> you are your dead to me is now dead <laughs> to me <laughs> Right. I, that is, that's such a great point though, because I've found, you know, users are more likely to click when they know exactly where a page is going to take them. And if they're like, Hey, that looks like the next step in the problem that I'm going to solve, I'm going to click it. But if it's some obscure, like, I'm not really sure where that's going to take me, then they're less likely to be like, all right, there we go. They're just going to keep looking. Um, or they so, leave yes, the keep page. It, keep it clear. Or you're dead to them. Um, they leave the page. They they go somewhere else. Yeah. Like that should be like a, a verb. Like a, a whole, that phrase is just a verb. Like you're dead to me means they bounced. They left your website, and you don't yes. get the conversion. Right? You get a yeah. higher bounce rate for those who know what yep. that means on a website. Tell them. But... Tell tell users exactly yeah. what action you want them to take. Yeah. Yes. It just. Yeah. It, it mm -hmm. just, it, it's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, Voices are overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, yes. If you analyze the way that you personally go to a website, you'll realize yes. you want that. When you go to a yes. site, you want that to happen. So why would you make that difficult for your client on your end, right? I mean, that's really what this is all about. Like It's true. And yes. And once you, once you have your brain in like, user experience mode. I, I had a friend that I went to breakfast with uh, last week and she, and she told me, she was like, thank you. Now, every time I use a website, every time I use an app, every time I interact with somebody's business, I'm always like, well, the UX could be better on that. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you can't unsee it. 
afterwards. And yes. then you think about all the ways that it can be improved. Like it's just yes. And then and absolutely. Can I tell you what the one thing that I love about designing websites with Anna is we are two very different users, and so for our client, mm -hmm. it we really hit a lot of mm -hmm. extra points that what doesn't matter to me matters to Anna and we make sure we're incorporating a little bit of both of, of who we are as a user exactly. for yeah. our client so because good. yes, because I mean, first we're like, would we even use this product, Anna? Okay. <laughs> if we, if we did, how do we come, you know step, what I mean? But step one, step yeah. one, I mean, and we've done websites for our clients that will never use their stuff because um, we're not there yet. We're not there in our like yep. yet to use it or whatever, right? But um, yep, man, I that's all like this is all such. I mean, you gave four really useful tips yeah. on what user technology habits should be aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you probably thought she was going to mention like grab this tool and do this thing, but it is really useful, yeah. <laughs> actionable information that you can easily yeah. look at yourself today and say, oh. Does a pink on a red background seem good for my contrast levels for when a person is reading? Yeah. Probably not. It might know? be your brand colors that doesn't make it the right choice. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and even yeah. if it is, you know, there's a way to simplify it so that it can work on any web-based product. It's just some things yeah. you can't really use together. <laughs> yes. yes. Makes it hard to read. Part no. of my eyes. Ugh, okay, I mean, okay, we're going into 41 minutes here. And I, I, I like, I mean, I could, I could literally talk to you, Lex, for like, two, two. hours. But yeah. I want, I want to kind of like catch people while they're still here. I want them uh -huh. to know about this cool toolkit that we are going to be talking about. Um, Anna, before I even move to the toolkit, do you have a last statement you're dead to me kind of a thing for lex before we shift over no no yeah. no i no i don't i think we've covered all the different areas i think yes. we've really touched on a little bit of everything i mean so valuable right for small business owners who have to wear so many different hats yeah that this has really been a really good kind of broad but also detailed conversation about the kinds of things that they need to be watching for yeah. um with their user experience from start to finish so lex thank you so much i really yeah. appreciate it Ugh, okay. No, thank Yay. you so much. Thank you. All right. <laughs> of course. Okay. We're going to move and we're going to add into our toolkit, something we think is very valuable. Um, we want to include that you should, to get more of like her brilliance, join Lex's newsletter. Yeah. Um, but also I'm going to let her tell you about a special feature. One, you should do it even if it's not what's coming up, but I'm going to let Lex tell you all about it. If she's there. I think she's there. Can you is hear her? Can you hear I'm us, here. Lex? Oh, there you are, Lex. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> tell us about your website offering. Audit. Your audit yes. Offering. Yes. Why should ah, someone get yeah. it? Yes. Um, until, yes. So this is just a very, very basic, um, you know, I, I maybe my website has issues or maybe I just need a second set of eyes on, you know, what it looks like, maybe how my users are perceiving it, or even just a rundown of some best practices. Uh, until October 31st, you can go and book these services with me. You get, um, you know, we can either do it live, or I can send you a video of everything, you know, so you can go back and, and watch again and again and make any edits that you need. Uh, but this is just a really super basic. Um, yeah, and I'll go through every page and kind of talk to you about where maybe your users are getting stuck or uh, maybe some pain points that they have navigating through your stuff. And yeah, I, I would love to help you. <laughs> I, so, I and, am, and yes. You were having a special on it, correct? You're yes. having a special on it right now because I think we missed that part. Yeah, 30, 35, 30, yes, 35% off uh, until October 31st. I might, I might go a little soft if uh, there is um, a, a greater need okay. for it uh, because I like staying busy. And yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, wait, I'm going to sell this a little bit more. I'm going to sell this a little bit more. You all 
you need a website audit. Here's the thing. If you haven't had anybody come over and, and look through your website, just to give you like some helpful tips, right? Like the outside eyes that we were talking about earlier, go to Lex. She has actually a very reasonable price. Like part of me is like, well, no, I'm changing it. I'll have her do it after, but get an audit done. She's <laughs> offering special that I think will get you ready for the holidays. I mean, the holidays are coming up, guys. And the thing, I just had a chat with someone today where we talked about don't do ads unless your website is ready. Like, you know what I mean? If you're going to send people to your to your house, you clean it up, right? Like, only if Anna comes over, she, I leave it how dirty it could be. But, like, you know, if Lex comes over, I'm like, oh, a guest is here. Do that for your website. That's what Lex is offering you, a chance to see how to clean up your site so that when you have people coming to your to see your product or your service because they want to get it for the holidays. This is perfect. So we will yeah. make sure the link for this service is on our website in the comments. Mm -hmm. I would take advantage of this. And Lex is also a military spouse entrepreneur. So you would be also, you know, supporting somebody in the community that is pretty bomb. What? No, I shouldn't say bomb. That's like a bad word for the military. Like fire. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, this is what happens. Okay. But we're, we're moving on. Let you ride oh, off on the bomb. Selena, I'm going to be like, intro. hi. <laughs> I just want to remove myself. Guys, you know what I mean? I was doing like this. You know? That was good. You, you oh, all know I, who I, I, I am like Selena. Yeah. Okay. But look. <laughs> get it get go look at this with Lex I, I'm not joking her price for this website audit is very reasonable and I think what you would spend on that one you can write it off for your business and two you'll make the money back if you do the improvements that she sees and says hey I think you could optimize here you're ready like take this website and go run ads or go whatever so I don't know that's all I'll say because I'm going to get myself in trouble thank you thank you so much <laughs> 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 okay, so let me pull this back up. Um, why don't, what am I doing? Okay, here we are. I'll let Anna introduce this segment. Yeah, so this wrong. is just how you, um, in everybody who's watching live with us or watch catching the replay right now, and for anyone listening on the podcast, we're going to drop this in the notes for you. But here's how you can find Lex. And Lex, why don't you give them just a rundown of the best place to find you, um, what they're going to find on your social channels. Yeah, you can find me in any various nap spot I have in my house. Um, I <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would say that I'm most active maybe on Instagram. Uh, I got a fire Twitter account. I love to bully uh, government and state representatives. <laughs> If you want to catch me there, um, yeah, I would say my Facebook or my Instagram, but also just my newsletter. I, I really am trying to like amp up my newsletter a bit so that I have some accountability and I can yeah. um, start writing things that I want to write about. So any of these works great. Whatever your awesome. preferred user preferences. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. so perfect. Right? So why didn't like be... Be in my direct messages, though. Don't expect me to post a lot of, like, <laughs> You're like, I'll um, like your content. I'm not posting content. Yeah. Right, right. Like, message me. I'll, I'll message you all day long. But. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, go. Here is yes. She welcomes people to reach out and connect with her, yeah. right? So, yeah. yes. For yes. sure. Um, well, I guess that means one thing, Anna. What We're on to the tip jar. So, yes. um I'm going to let you also take this because I think, again, I should just keep my mouth quiet from this point on. <laughs> so Carolyn Beasley, uh, MBA CPA, uh, um, she is one of our fantastic tip jar uh, supporters. And she provided us this one about deductions, especially for rental property expenses. So if you have a rental property, you can save big money on tax bills by deducting all of eligible expenses. Make sure you know what they are. A few of them you can benefit from. One, legal fees for evictions. I hope you don't have to evict your, you know, your, your person. I, tenant, that's what they're called, tenant. But if you find yourself in that unfortunate person position, you can deduct legal fees, which is a huge benefit. Um, and then always consult with your tax 
professional to be sure you're claiming everything you're entitled to. Uh, so reach out to Carolyn for more support on things like deductions and taxes and all those kinds of business things. And thank you, yes. Carolyn, so much for providing our tip jar for today. Yes. We love people like you that help people like us. <laughs> yes. yes, we do. Uh, all right. Here we are, Anna. Yes. Okay. So next week, our guest is Justin Pearson. Um, Justin is an entrepreneur at heart. He's a fantastic person. He's super charismatic and just fun to talk to. He's going to be talking about how to attract sponsors for a small business event. So if this is something that you're interested in, even if it's not for an event, how to attract sponsors that might want to support your business just in general, whether it be offering something to your clients, like a freebie or an extra or something like that. This guy is a master networker, and he's going to share some hot tips on how you can do that as a small business owner um, where you might not have a you know subscriber list of 20 million to entice some of those sponsors your way. So yeah. I'm looking forward. Maybe Justin will help us get a sponsor for our podcast. I mean, oh, you never know. We're right? manifesting it out there. So <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yep. And as always, you can find us at AnnaAndSelina.com. We love LinkedIn. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And then as always, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on your YouTube channel. Um, just show us a little love. love. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Lex, thank you so much. Like, seriously, thank you so I, much. I, I knew when, when we, I asked and I was like, please say yes, please say yes. And you were like, yeah, I'm down. I was like, yes. This is so wow, good. Absolutely. Good for everybody. So thank yeah. you for coming. Thank you for waking thank up you. early again because yeah, she's in Japan. Yes. So, yes. We do really appreciate it. Thank you. And to everyone out there. <laughs> Wasn't too go. early. That was good. Yeah. No, <laughs> not too. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And for everyone listening, go forth and create great user design. Yes. User experiences. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's All your right. action item this week. Come back and tell us how we believe in you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>